Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be, because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Menapace, Content Director of Print and Promo Marketing. Today, we actually have our first repeat guest on the podcast. Phil Cousett, Chief Strategy Officer for SGC, the parent company of the distributor Bamco, joins us again today. Uh, Today's show is a little different than usual. Typically, we'll have distributors, suppliers, or end buyers, or, you know, anything related to someone buying or selling promotional products to talk about something specifically about buying or selling promotional products. Cousett's on today to talk about something a little outside of the promotional products industry, but something that's important for everyone to hear and maybe even get involved in if you can. Cousett's been involved in relief efforts in Syria for a few years now, but following the earthquake that hit Syria and Turkey on February 6th, he's been working incredibly long hours to raise funds, coordinate the delivery of medical supplies to Turkey and Syria to aid in rescue efforts over there. So Cousett joined me today to talk about what he's been doing to help the people of Syria and Turkey following the earthquake, how his life in business has maybe prepared him for this high-stress environment and working these long hours, and how others in the promotional products industry and beyond can get involved and help the people in need. So let's get into our conversation with Phil. All right, joining me today is uh, Phil Cousset. Do you want to introduce yourself again? You actually have been on the show before. I'm not sure if you remember, but if you want to reintroduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, my name is Phil Cousset. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer of SGC, which is the parent company of Bamco, a uh, promotional products distributor. So, you know, today the show is a little bit different because we're not just talking about promotional products. You've been, uh, you know, working pretty tirelessly on, you know, raising funds and relief for uh, victims of the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. So I want to start, tell me about your involvement with this relief effort. You know, what made you want to start doing this and when did you get involved and what was the first step? Sure. Um, and thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, so so we actually got involved uh, seven years ago uh, during the height of the Syrian civil war. Um, at that point, it was kind of an all out genocide. Uh, they were barrel bombing marketplaces, targeting schools and hospitals, um, and unfortunately, uh, using gas, sarin gas, and a lot of children were dying. Uh, I would probably say at that moment in time, it was probably the worst crisis in the world or the most amount of suffering in the world was happening within Syria. And so my wife and I decided, decided to try to help. And what started first with a bunch of friends and family all pitching in to get a container of humanitarian aid on the water end up turning into an organization called Save the Syrian Children, in which we ship humanitarian aid, uh, mostly medical, but also other humanitarian aid to the, the hardest hit parts of uh, of the war zone um, and to the most vulnerable populations that are really hard to reach. Uh, and so when the earthquake took place last week, um, we already had boots on the ground. Our team was already there. We've been servicing the area for, for seven years. Uh, and so uh, we were able to quickly uh, take action. What, you know, was there anything different about working this time than it was working in the past? Any difference in the effort that needed to be, uh, you know, taken on your part? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare suffering because, you know, what we saw over the last seven years was some of the most heinous, horrific, 
uh, sorrowful uh, things that that could be witnessed. I mean, just just the amount of suffering from uh, from the children and civilian population there. Um, but this somehow or another topped that. Um, just the, the sheer volume um, of and scale of of this crisis, um, the amount of suffering, the amount of people that were affected. Um, you know, we're, we're talking millions and millions of people that were affected, uh, tens of thousands that are are dead and, and quickly rising, unfortunately, still. Um, and and so just the, the the level of suffering on this one, unfortunately, is unlike anything we've ever seen before. Uh, it's just compact into such a short period of time. You know, when you have a, a earthquake of this magnitude anywhere in the world, um, it's going to it's going to kill a lot of people. It's going to cause a lot of suffering no matter what. But when that happens in a developing country like Turkey or Syria, um, then it makes it even more difficult. And then when it happens in a war zone like the area that we service in Idlib, Syria, uh, it, it makes it nearly impossible to go and, and um, to, to to go and, and come out of that without massive, massive suffering. And and that's what, unfortunately, we're seeing on the ground. Um, we're, we're getting aid in and, you know, it is helping, but um, sadly, it's it's still not enough. Um, we're still losing a lot of a lot of people and um, it is a really tough circumstance for sure. Now, you know, when we were talking off the air about all this, I know um, you mentioned a lot of late nights in this project. What is this effort you know, what is this entailed for you on a daily basis? What have you like, what have you been working on for this? Yeah. Um, it, the first number of days after something like this uh, are really critical. Uh, and they're really critical in two ways. The, the first is it's critical to make sure that um, we're able to talk with the doctors and our team on the ground to figure out what's most needed, what's going to have the most impact, what's going to save the most amount of lives. And you know, there's a lot of uh, when it's in the middle of a crisis like this, and hospitals are flooded, and everyone's overwhelmed. Um, you know, there it's not a clear line of communication like we normally would have. You know, typically, um, you know, I'd say we've got it pretty dialed in in terms of building out needs lists. Uh, but we had needs lists coming in from doctors in various hospitals all around the region, and um, trying to match those up, figure out what's what's needed most. Um, it's really a game of triage. So there's a lot of late nights working with the team there to to figure out what's most needed. Uh, and then on the same, um, on the other side of the coin, um, we also wanted to spend a lot of time making sure that we could engage with our donor base and other people who wanted to help out. You know, in a time like this, I think people see things on the news and it's tremendously sad. And there, a lot of people are left with a feeling of hopelessness or feeling like there's nothing that can be done. And so, you know, we want to engage with with folks at that moment so that way they know there is something they can do and there is a way in which they can help out and, and give them that opportunity to help out. And so that's that. That's really what makes this time period so busy. Um, you know, uh, we do a lot of late nights for sure. Uh, pulled a couple all nighters um, just because time is such so of the essence, um, and and it's really critical. You know, back when we first started this organization, it was kind of a similar circumstance, um, and uh, and it was. I would say this this go around, we were a little bit more prepared in terms of you know the emotional psychological toll of it all, and making sure that um, making sure that we went and were there to support the doctors and support the team on the ground and and you know work with all our volunteers um, you know but also make sure that we've got enough energy to keep going because this is going to be something that's going to go for quite some time, um, yeah. not something that just ends after a week or two. Yes, yeah, so what's what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you throughout this? Um, you know, I, I think always the, the largest challenge is actually just seeing suffering on the ground. You know, the stuff that we see on TV 
is so sad. And unfortunately, that doesn't even come close to what's happening on the reality on the ground because TV, naturally, you have to go and and um, filter out some of the more graphic things. Uh, but the graphic things are are all are present throughout. I mean, that's that's kind of all there is. So when when you when you look at um, when you look at the challenge of working in that area and the challenge for us just working remotely uh, with a doctor in that area, I would say it's the suffering and the stories that we hear and the videos that we get and the pictures that we see. Um, you know, that that's something that is is so sad to see. Um, and that's that's probably the toughest part uh, from our standpoint is just is just seeing that. Um, clearly, the toughest part of this entire crisis overall is just the sheer amount of human suffering. Um, it's hard to put that into perspective. It's hard to go and and really you see a number, you know, tens of thousands dead. It, 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 it's sad, but it almost just becomes a number. But when you actually start looking at it story by story and realize that that every child that died is, is someone's child, you know, that every parent that, that passed away is a parent that a child will never have in their lives again, um, that every limb that has to be amputated creates another person who will be faced with a disability in a country where it's very difficult to be disabled. You know, when you start hearing those story by story, that's where you realize that the suffering is just so great there on the ground. And that, that's the, that's the, the most challenging thing um, to see. And has there, has there been anything, you know, in your life as a, you know, in business that prepared you just for, you know, the work that went into this? Um, from an emotional and psychological standpoint, absolutely not. Um, you know, I've never, never had to face anything like this. I don't think I will ever have to face anything like this in my life, um, you know, personally. So, um, I, I don't think I was prepared from that standpoint. Um, and, uh, seven years ago when we started this work, I, I got so into it and I was so stressed, so low on sleep all the time um, that I ended, up, I ended up coming down with shingles, which is not something that's typical for someone that's, you know, 35 years old at the time. Um, it's usually something that's faced by, by folks that are 70 years and older. Um, and I kind of learned at that point, like, all right, you know, you, you got to go and, and uh, you got to go take a little bit of time to process this whole thing um, because I, I don't think I was. Um, as far as the you know, prepping from a standpoint of being able to operate, you know, kind of putting the emotions aside, just the operational aspects of it, a hundred percent, you know, everything I think I did in my career almost led me to this point um, from a standpoint of being able to source medical aid and other humanitarian aid directly from factories throughout the world, mostly Asia, uh, being able to understand the logistics that goes into uh, ocean and air freighting um, product all around the world into very difficult areas. Um, you know, that all came from the background of, of working in this industry. Um, and then, you know, I would also say um, just being in an industry in which people are always willing to help. You know, I think that's also something that had a big effect. You look at uh, our, our industry, it's one of those industries that people don't just turn a blind eye. People actually go and, and you know, put their, their put their money where their mouth is and they they, they certainly walk the walk. And uh, and that's something that is really inspiring and has always inspired me um, throughout throughout the years of working on this stuff. So just to wrap things up, you know, how can other people both in the promotional products industry and outside of it, how can they get involved and help, you know, these people in need? Yeah, um, the easiest way is is 
going to our website, savethesyrianchildren.org, and uh, and just making a simple donation. That's a that's a very easy kind of entry level way. Um, other ways to do it would be sharing the the links we have on on Facebook and Instagram, and I've also posted on LinkedIn uh, several times. And and those uh, you know little things like that it may seem very small, but they can make a huge difference. Um, you know, I'll give a quick example. We gave um, uh, we, we we were speaking yesterday with an organization out of Utah that's going to be um, that's putting together a 40 foot container of humanitarian aid. And the way that they actually found us was just a random supporter of ours had shared it on their Facebook page. And then they had randomly picked up on it. And we we're looking for a partner in, in, in Syria. So, you know, a lot of times people think, all right, let's What's the what's it really going to do? Liking something or sharing something or you know what's my voice going to do? But that that butterfly effect is real. You never know. You never know where that's going to go. And so you know, I definitely would encourage people to to share and like and do all that sort of stuff on social media. It has a huge huge impact. Um, and then specifically within the promotional products industry, you know, it's great. We're in an industry that makes a lot of really really great stuff that can help. Um, help the folks on the ground in need. For example, warm weather clothing, blankets, jackets, um, sweatshirts, sweaters, anything like that, all can be massively useful. Uh, we had a tremendous amount of people lose their homes during this earthquake. It is freezing cold in Syria, and uh, and this is a battle that we will that will wage on for uh, unfortunately years. And so, getting warm clothing is the difference between life and death when it comes to hypothermia. So, you know, we are an industry that makes a lot of that. We're an industry that makes backpacks and water bottles and other things that can help in a crisis. So, if any distributors or suppliers have extra stuff. Um, you know, we've always had those things where we imprint something wrong and it turns out we've got, you know, 3000 sweatshirts with the wrong logo on it. This is a perfect way, a real win-win to, to dispose of those in a way that uh, is is amazingly helpful. And um, and so I would encourage anyone that has anything like that, please reach out to me. Um, you know, my I can be reached uh, uh, on my LinkedIn page, and uh, that's probably the best way to, to get in touch with me, or just directly via via email at phil at bamco.net. I still have my old Bamco email, even though I'm part of SGC. So phil at bamco.net. Um, if you want to help out. Well, Phil, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And thanks for all the work you're putting into this. This is really incredible. Um, you know, all the best in the future and good luck with everything going forward. Thanks, Brendan, so much. And thanks for really shining a spotlight on this. Uh, it's such an important cause. And and people like you who are taking the time to share this with other people uh, makes such a huge difference. So thank you very much. That about does it for this episode of the Promo Marketing Podcast. All of the links that Phil mentioned in this story will be in the show notes, so you can check that out on our website and get involved. Um, if you like what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, like and subscribe. And if you have any tips or comments, you can always send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. Once again, I am Brendan Menapace, and this is the Promo Marketing Podcast.